0: I can't talk after that. (laughs) Holy moly. Okay, here we are. (sighs) Here we are. Give me a minute. (laughs) This is the last talk of this month's theme about celebrating our unique oneness, and today's talk is all in all. All in all, because everything is in us, right? We are the all. That's us, the I am. We are the all in all, in everyone. That's it, that's all there is. There is spirit showing up as all of us. The all is found in every single one of us, but you don't have to believe me. You can let Ernest Holmes describe it to you. Our talk this morning is the limitless power at our disposal, how much harmony does each one of us possess? Theoretically, we possess all harmony. Actually, we have only as much to use as flows through us. Now, whatever the amount is that flows through of us, we can give all of it to everyone we meet, and it won't deplete the supply we have it will tend to increase it, because the act of giving is the action of its flow through us, which tends to increase our inlet, too. Got that? Yeah. I love that. We must proceed with the truth that all of it, he said, right? All of it, all of the qualities of God, the whole list up there, and more, right? And all those other words you can think of. All of it is found within each and every one of us. He said, theoretically, it is all. And then what did he say? Actually, it is as much as we can conceive of and embody and believe and demonstrate. There is one power. There is one presence. There is one life at our disposal. One universal intelligence. That one energy flows through everything. That flows through everything that is manifest. All things means all things, all human, all animal, all plant, all mineral, all molecule, all atom, all subatomic particle, all spaces between the particles, all means all. Everything is spirit, everything, in form and out of form, seeking to express itself or abandoning that expression and returning to non-form. We are it. We have access to it, all of it. We embody it. We use as much as we can demonstrate. Never using it up. It is an in- infinite resource. It is an infinite resource. So there's always more where that came from, right? There's always more where that came from. So everything, everything, everything is spirit, right? And that is found within us. The I am is a statement That we are some expression of the divine life of spirit. So say it. I am. am. Oh, say it with conviction. I I am. am. I am the abundance of God. I am the abundance. There you go. I am the joy of God. I am the joy of God. I am the wisdom that God is. See, I changed it up on you a little bit. Isn't that cool? (laughs) So what else? So now turn to someone alongside of you and tell them, say, you are the abundance God is. Turn to somebody else and say, you are the joy God is. Do we get that? Do we get that? I mean, really get it. That is who we are. That is who and what we are. The more we acknowledge it, like Ernest Holmes said, the more we acknowledge it, the more we believe it, the more we embody it, the more we demonstrate it, the more we have to use. Do you see how that works? The more we put our attention on it, the greater it grows. Limitless good, inexhaustible resource. The more joy you demonstrate, the more you've got to to use. The more love you demonstrate, the more you've got to use. I am that, I am that. That is your I am statement, and so are you, and so are you, and so are you, and so is everyone we meet. And the more we demonstrate it, the more we give it away, the more there is in the world. Does that make sense? Right? Okay. The more we have to give away, it is just the way it works, and we need to get that. We need to get that. That is the all in all. Everything, everything flows through us. All of those qualities flow through us. And the more we know of ourselves as that, the more we have to, to share and to flow. We are everything that spirit is. We express as much of it as we can embody, believe, and demonstrate. And the more we demonstrate it, the more we have to use. We are all of those qualities of God and more. There's probably other words. See, harmony's not even up there, and harmony was the one Ernest Holmes used. I love that. Okay. Uh, Anyway, when we know this, when we know this, and we walk around life just knowing that, there's nothing to fear, is there? Can there be anything to fear when you know you are the inexhaustible supply of spirit on, on earth in form? Right? Oh, my gosh. If we really knew it, if we never forgot it, and we just walked around as that, I am God in form, and so is everybody else, Wow, I mean, really. We're all the same, we all spring from the same source, there is only the one life, it's God's life, it's individualizing temporarily as us, but it's really only God's life showing up in form all over the place. We're all the same, there's no reason to treat anybody else differently, is there? Because we're all the same, we're all the one. There's no reason to treat others differently from ourselves. How do you treat others? Hint, there are no others. Okay, there's only God, it's only spirit and form. We desire to have those experiences to demonstrate all of those qualities. That's why we took form to begin with, isn't it? We are here to have this unique experience as spirit and form because spirit sought to have us take form to experience everything that life has to offer. Our soul craves experience. All of it. You know, we're not going to cherry pick. Oh, we're just going to have all the springs and summers. No no falls and winters. Mm -mm. Your soul wants to experience all of it. The highs, the lows, everything, everything. The heartbreak, the exhilaration, the sadness, the melancholy, the hilarity. It wants to experience all of it. And and here we are coming off Easter. Thank you for for saying that too in the in the prayer. Here we are coming off Easter, which is an amazing time, and all the feeling that that holds. The Easter story is a story, isn't it? Not of betrayal and crucifixion and resurrection. Yay! That was the good part, right? <laughs> Yay! We get to we get to be reborn. Yeah, we get to be reborn. We get to embody our wholeness. That was the whole story of that transformation. We get to to embody and demonstrate our wholeness. Ta-da! Right? We live again. Richard Rohr said this. He said, Jesus the Christ in his crucifixion and resurrection summed up all things in himself. Everything in heaven and everything on earth. Jesus agreed to carry the mystery of universal suffering, which is the betrayal, He allowed it to change him, that's the resurrection, and also it is hope, change us, so that we would be freed from the endless cycle of projecting our pain on others, or remaining trapped inside of it. Right? That's the story of Easter, that's the transformational story. Great love and great suffering both transform us, don't they? Great love and great suffering both change us, grow us. Love changes us, suffering changes us. But they both ask the same question, what is ours to do? What is ours to do? What is ours to do when love shows up in our life, in our experience? What is ours to do when anger shows up in our life? right? What position do you take? When you hear the crack of the bat, yeah, I know, I'm using a baseball analogy. Sorry. When you hear the crack of the bat, what is your position? Are you an outfielder? Are you a shortstop? Are you a first baseman? What is your position when anger shows up? Do you armor up? Do you fight back? Right? Do you get sarcastic and, and, you know, snarky? (laughs) <laughs> Somebody does <laughs> Do you laugh it off, right? Do you laugh it off? Do you make light of it? Do you get angry right back, right? Attack, defend, attack, defend, attack, defend you Get into that dynamic Because then what message are you broadcasting? We're all frequencies, right? We are all energy That's, that's what we started this this talk with. We're all energy. We're all the one source. So what are we projecting when we project that? Where, what, where is your frequency? You know, anger's here. You know, love is there. You know, where is your frequency when you act out like that? <laughs> Nikola Tesla said this. I love it. He said crystals. I love this because I kind of, I'm fond of crystals. Anyway, crystals are living beings at the beginning of creation. All things have a frequency and a vibration. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so we are that. We have a frequency and we have a vibration. So, so when we're in the fighting back frequency, you know that's not as high, right? When we remember who we are, and we know we are simply spirit in form. We're simply spirit having a, an experience. When we remember who we are, there is no question about our position. Our position is we are the presence of love, right? No matter what, no matter what, we are the presence of love. (sighs) Breathe. (laughs) Breathe. Because how can that be possible when we're wounded? Right? How can that be possible when we're crucified? We are always the presence of love. Remember, nobody can hurt your feelings. Why? Nobody out there. There's only one. There is only one. There's only one spirit having an experience. Nobody can hurt our feelings. There is nobody. There's nobody out there. There's no out there out there. There is only this one life of God's having an experience. And this is an experience we're having right here, right now. And isn't it lovely? It's lovely. There is only God in what did Mother Teresa say? There's only God in all of its distressing disguises. There is only God in all of its distressing disguises. Now, Ernest Holmes, in that same talk, he went on from that. I just gave you the first 45 seconds. Wasn't that adorable? Anyway, (laughs) it was a talk. It was a talk. Wait a minute. I know I have it. Oh, okay. It was called The Limitless Power at Our Disposal. He gave it September 26, 1954. And after that little clip I shared with you, he went on to say this. The more we keep our God in our thought, the better we'll work. Now, doesn't that make sense, right? He goes on to say this. The more our consciousness is lifted up to divine intelligence, guidance, the better we're guided. The more we believe, the better it'll be done. Therefore, we should practice believing. That's really simple. We have, and he said, we have limitless opportunity at our disposal. And isn't that the truth? Anytime anything causes us to become distressed, right? We have limitless opportunity at our disposal to practice oneness to practice wholeness, to practice the the truth that we are spirit. When we remember, it's easy to do. But what happens when we forget who we are, right? Because that's really what happens. We just forget who we are. It's not, not. (laughs) that's a double negative. Okay, (laughs) we just forget who we are. We're always that. We are always spirit-informed. But we forget who we are, and in our forgetting, we suffer. In our forgetting, we suffer. And that's our choice. That's a choice we make, to suffer. Congrats. Animals don't suffer. Animals can experience pain, and frequently do. But they don't suffer. Could you imagine your dog? (laughs) (laughs) I hate it when you do this to me. Never be able to trust you again. <laughs> right? No. Now, cats, maybe, yes. But they're such drama queens. But not your dog. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I love cats, too. But no, animals don't suffer. They don't suffer. They can feel pain. Of course they do. But they don't suffer. When we depend on, on someone else's love, on someone else's acceptance of us, on someone else's approval of us, and we don't get it, and we, we suffer from that, right? We suffer from that. Then we are at the effect of someone else's decisions about us. <sighs> you know, there's just no getting out of that, you know? Unless you take back your power. Yeah. You know? What is that book that, that um, uh, Terry Cole Whitaker wrote, right? What you think of me is none of my business? Yeah. How freeing is that? You don't want to suffer at the hands of someone else's approval or acceptance of you. When we love ourselves and don't depend on the approval or the acceptance of others, we approve in love of ourselves. That's really understanding who we are at a deeper level, right? Ernest Holmes said, hug yourself. Do this, hug yourself, hug yourself. And, And here's what you say. You say, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful me. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful me. Right? Do that again. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful me. He said that several times. He said that actually in several different talks. And one of them was Bondage is Freedom in uh, 1958 at Asilomar. He said, and along with that, he said, we believe in egoism, the individualized expression, right? He said, we believe in egoism, not egotism. Egoism says how wonderful is the work of God in myself. How wonderful is the work of God in myself. That's egoism. But when we're feeling the suffering of betrayal, we're feeling the false belief. There's something in there that is not the truth of us. Causing us to suffer. The betrayal is merely pointing to a place in you that needs healing. That's what the betrayal is. It's that gigantic red button we have. Or several. I mean, some, some of us have like all of them. Okay. But this, the betrayal is just pressing on that button, isn't it? Absolutely. It points us to where we need to heal. What is that unhealed aspect in, a, in us? There's something, some place, some false belief, some fear, some something that does not believe that it is spirit having an experience as you. That means that there's a spot in you that does not believe you are Holy Spirit. That's all that that is. So the betrayal is really a gift that someone is giving you. The wound is really a gift someone is handing you to say, hey, look, look at this. Right, because it lights you up in some place that you may not have even known was there, was a false belief in us that says, I'm not that, I'm not worthy, I'm not spirit, I'm whatever. And so we go within to find that false belief, identify the source of the, of the sore spot, the button. The button that got lit up but wasn't, but didn't get installed right then and there, right? It's been there for years probably because the button was there a long time. And somebody just came along and pressed it, just pressed it. And when we embody wholeness, there's no buttons. There's just no buttons. When we are embodying the truth of our being, when we are spirit and form, and we remember that we are, right? Accepting our wholeness means dismantling those buttons. Just dismantling them. They just don't exist anymore when we are remembering who we are. And how do we do that? You might ask. (laughs) Yeah, how do we do that? When we have fallen into the illusion of separation, we have to journey back to the realization of our wholeness. And and really, that is the Easter story. And the way to uh, uh, through, actually, I said our healing, is through that identification, reflection, and transformation. Which, which really is exactly the Easter story, right? So first we identify the button. Oh, somebody pushed something in me, right? We identify the button. Oh, that's my abandonment issue coming up again. Oh, I'm familiar with that one. Been dealing with that one over and over, or, or what, or you know, <sighs> that's my not worthy got lit up this morning, you know, because somebody said something to me and you know, and that button got lit up. Whatever, whatever, right? It's a, it's a button, it's an issue, it's a, it's a false belief. It gets lit up and all of a sudden it's like, well, hey, haven't seen that one in a while. Great. Gives me something to work on today. Whatever it is, whatever it is, we reflect on it, you know? We identifying it as the first step, identifying that's it. Oh my God, that's you know, that person pushed that and lit lit me up. And then we get to reflect on that. Well, where did that come from? And and you know what? Most of the time they've come from long ago, haven't they? They've come from from childhood. Some of them are even, are even, you know, subconscious. Some of them we don't even know where they came from. You know, they usually start in childhood. We lean into it. We identify it. When was the first time I remember feeling that way? What was the situation? How old was I? Is it the past? Is it the long past? Some of this stuff is pre-verbal. You don't even have words for it. You could be a baby in a crib listening to your parents screaming and yelling at each other and and you get a feeling, but you don't even have words for it, right? You just just grow up thinking the world is unsafe. You don't have words for that. You're not going to remember that, but you're going to remember the feeling. So we transform that false belief and we embrace the truth. And the truth is our wholeness, where we started from, right? All along, the fact that we're only spirit, that we're only spirit. There is nothing else about us but spirit. And we pray that wholeness into a demonstration. That's what we do. We meditate, we, we hear that still small voice. We move our feet in the direction of our greater good. We demonstrate our, our wholeness by the words we use, by the actions we take. We get back to where we've been all along. You know the click in your heels three time thing? You know, there's no place like home. That's where we're going. We're going back there. We're going back to the truth that has been the truth of us all along, and we have forgotten it. Ernest Holmes, in Thoughts Thoughts Are Things, he said this, you are some part of the divine whole, and the power and the presence of spirit is in the word you speak. And that word instantly, and perfectly, and permanently reveals wholeness. Know that you are an individualization of spirit, the source of wholeness, love, reason, and intelligence. Empty yourself of everything that denies this. Yeah, you want me to say that again? Empty yourself of everything that denies this. Know that silently, but effectively, the divine power of the invisible spirit is working in you right here and right now. We are the I am. We are the I am. We are that all in all. And it is in every one of us. Thank you so much.